Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Robert Yeager and the Tao Foundation. 30, 30 up to 30 to 20. What's your pleasure? 20 up to 20, 10. I wanted to find out how auctioneers do that. And since I was going to try my hand at auctioneering for the first time, I figured I'd ask for advice from some of the best in the business, including America's oldest auctioneer, who's 102 years old. It's a serious business, but kicking a little uh, humor now and then. Plus the guy who auctioned off that $28 million seat on Jeff Bezos' rocket ship. Even if you're going very fast, most of the words are not important, and you just make up your own. Plus insights from the lead charity auctioneer for Christie's. Get up there and be big, because this is a performance. Auctioneering is entertainment, so entertain them. Find out how I did when I got the golden gavel in my hand. Shark Lucky navigator. you, if you want to clean up the ruins of your life, you can have Shark Navigator <laughs> vacuum. Don't we all just want to vacuum up all of our troubles? This is going to start at... I'm Kyone Wolf. That's coming up next on Audacious, right after the news. From Connecticut Public Radio in Hartford, this is Audacious. I'm Kyone Wolf. The price at auction for one seat on a rocket ship started at $4,800,000. Looking for $4,900,000. I have four nine now looking for $5 million. $5 million now $5,100,000. It's $5 million in the front. And it took just four minutes and 51 seconds to get to this. Sold $28 million to number 107. That was, of course, the scene from the auction of a ticket to ride into space with Jeff Bezos on his rocket ship, New Shepard. Today, whether it's charity auctions, estate auctions, or auctions to spend just a few precious minutes in space away from this giant rock spinning mercilessly through a glorious void, what it's like to be an auctioneer. You'll meet America's oldest auctioneer, he's 102, and one of the most successful charity auctioneers there is anywhere. And make sure you stay to the very end of the show, that's when you'll hear audio from my first time auctioneering with help from the good folks at Golden Gavel Auctions in East Windsor, Connecticut. But let's get back to that rocket ship auctioneer who pulled in $28 million for that ticket to space. Steve Little of Rockville, Maryland, was the voice you heard, and he's been raising money this way for over 31 years. So how did it feel to step up to that podium and start that auction? I mean, he must have known how big a deal this was going to be, right? No matter what you think of Jeff Bezos or the privatization of spaceflight or the huge price tag this seat would go for, this event he was in charge of would be a momentous occasion in his life, right? Well, that feeling got stronger and stronger as it got to about 30 minutes before the auction began. I don't think people really thought it would be that much of a, of a big deal. I mean, I thought it would be, a, we'd do the auction, we'd sell the seat, and for some reason it became, well, I mean, it was very exciting. I think for me, I was very excited to do it because, wow, I mean, you know, and but when you have an auction, most auctions have, couple hundred things you're selling you know when it's one item then it's kind of a make or break situation and then when i had seen 
in person when I got up to the, you know, where we were having the auction in Boston and I'd seen how much work Blue Origin had put into this, how nice and positive they were, so open-minded, they were great to work with. And it was just all of a sudden, all their work, because remember, I don't know if you remember, they had online auction first and it stopped two days before the live auction. And at that point, the high bid was 4900000 That's already a terrific amount of money. And so it began to dawn on me about 30 minutes before the auction started, like, wow, I, I guess I have to pretty much do this. Bring it home. Nobody, right, right. I was the only one, the camera, I mean, it was, and I thought, well, so I started practicing, uh, reading my intro over and over. I started running through the different, the increments that we were using. I've been in a lot of auctions though, so you just have to at one point, at one point or another, just step in there and do it. Once the auction started, then I was fine. Yeah, like muscle memory. Yeah. When it started at four point nine million, I guess the better question is like, how much did you think this seat was going to go for, and how much did you hope it would go for, and what was the difference? Well, I have to tell you, uh, Kayon, when I am getting ready for a, a high end item like that at an auction. I don't really want to expect what it might bring because, and I would never say it because, uh, well, I would always imagine very, very, very high. You know? Yeah. But what's high in this, this thing with no history in terms right. well, of no, I know. object? It's, it's an open-ended thing, which is one of the really fun, cool things about it. You know, it's like, you don't really know. But if I set a number too low, even to myself, that could somehow, maybe not psychologically or psychically, just affect the price. I can't put myself or anybody that I represent them to try to sell their item for them. I have to be, have a completely open mind. But I do think it went by everybody's expectations there, even mine, when it got to that price. When it hit $28 million, how did you know it was done? Well, at some point, it becomes a matter of how much time you're spending asking for $29 million. You know, because that's the good thing about an auction. So there's always a chance for someone to pay more until I say, until the auctioneer says sold. I waited pretty long. It's hard to, you know, there's the time doesn't really exist when you're in an auction like that. But I wanted to ask, just give them time to think and get a clear no and then ask again because people will change their minds. But I already knew, well, heck, if I sell it for $28 million, that's going to, going to be okay, too. So, you know, it gets to a point where they know that if they want to bid, they have to bid now. And then I sold it. Does the cut you get, like when your paycheck, mm -hmm. do you make more money the higher the thing costs? Depends on the arrangement of that particular auction. Leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> but needless to say, you must have been very happy for yourself financially after this because 28 million, I don't know, whatever, whatever sliver of 28 million has got to feel good. Well, it was it was a great experience. And the, the overwhelming joy and excitement after it was over in the in the room was fantastic. What did you do afterwards? How did you feel? I almost it was just just like setting some kind of record in a, in a race or something, or, you know, it was just really exhilarating. 
almost stunning. Take your breath away, stunning. And to a person, we were all there. I mean, everybody was just, it was like a big family wedding that everything worked out great, you know. <laughs> and I know that uh, I have to imagine because <sighs> Blue Origin and, you know, the whole effort to bring humankind into space and invest in space again after all these decades um, and in the ways that, you know, it's it's now a private industry, you know, on one hand, it's clear that we have to get into space. I mean, space is, is so important and useful for the evolution of our species. And of course, at the same time, you know that there are people who are like, aren't there better ways to be spending $28 million or all this money on what's happening here and these solutions here? And I know it's not your job to figure all that out, but you must be hearing and reading about some of the negative uh, reactions to this auction and this even this whole organization. How do you feel when you hear those objections and what kind of things do you wish you could say or that uh, maybe a different viewpoint that people aren't really necessarily taking on? Well, I'm, I'm glad you're, that I, it's not my, I'm glad to find out from you, it's not my job to figure it out. <laughs> It's getting a little difficult. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. But I'm not giving up because <laughs> well, you see, so you're talking about is there, could the money be spent in other ways aside from this? Uh, and that, well, I, it's hard to, you're right about space being very exciting. When I was a kid and they were doing the space exploration, that was my thing. I loved that. I used to pretend to do that all the time. So I love that. And uh, I think the inequality between the incomes is especially egregious if it's based on gender or race we got to stop that but as a small businessman and, and when i do auctions i, I kind of try to look at how it's a way that we establish values and what's valuable and so on even the stock exchange is an auction you know so i almost every astronaut i've heard of that because we've sold a lot of space memorabilia at, at our, our auction say that when they when they come back that seeing the earth from that perspective and they are kind of blown away by the fragility of it, the beauty of it, and they can be a pretty profound experience for them. There's a, an Apollo astronaut, Edgar Mitchell, Mitchell founded an organization called Institute for Noetic Sciences. And uh, it really changes people. So maybe the more people that can experience that, the better. Well, I have been invited to be an auctioneer myself. Well, I'm not auctioning off myself, although I wouldn't rule that out. Um, but an auction house here in Connecticut is letting me come and try my hand at being an auctioneer. And so who better to ask than you for some fundamentals? For me, as a first-time auctioneer, it's an estate sale type place. They have some other objects like FBI seizures and you know things like that. What are some fundamentals I can keep in mind as I step up? to this experience okay have you been to an auction there already no to see how they do it no okay so it might be good to go ahead of time if you get a chance and before it's your time to go and just see how they run their particular auction and kind of see what that auctioneer is doing are you a singer i am a singer well then the auction chant part should come pretty easily for you and you just try to get a little bit of thing like this. Instead of talking like this, you're talking like this and all your sounds are blended together and you have a little rhythm. And then you might say, I have five now. Would you give 10 here? 10 now, 15. Thank you. 15 here now, 20. And it can be very slow. It doesn't have to be the really rapid pace thing, but it can still have a little rhythm to it. And that might help you get through. That's a relief to hear that it doesn't have to be so fast all the time and that 
as long as I keep that flow going. And as a professional speaker, I should be able to do it. But it's just there's it's, see, I'm a little intimidated by how much may be going on in my mind and getting into that zone you get in, right? And I know you only get into the zone when you practice stuff and you do it all the time. But woo, it's a relief to know I don't have to go super fast. Oh, but you're a media professional already. You won't have a problem, I don't think. You know, and even if you're going very fast, most of the words are not important. Hey, now, everybody at 25, 30, 35, 40, 40, 45, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 70, 50, 50, 50, 90, 50, 100, and 100 here now, 110, all those in-between notes. But you can't do that when you're selling a, a thing for a million dollars because it's too much money to make, a, you know, it might make a mistake. But, you know, you can, you can speed it up. But the in-between words are called filler words, and you just make up your own. As long as you have those numbers in there and look people right in the eye and take your hand and, you know, say, I have your bid. And they're going to want you to succeed. So everybody's going to be really nice to you. So it's going to work out great. But if you want a little chant to, to do as you're going to be in auctioning, you know, you might try something like I here. I'm just going to say it. You can play this back. I have one. Would you give two? I have two. Would you give three? I have three. Would you give four? I have four. Would you give five? And I have five. Would you give seven? I see you're nodding your head. Just do a little practice for yourself and just count. And don't think because you can hear the numbers in your, everybody knows how to count from one to a hundred, right? So you don't think you need to practice it, but it's different to say it out loud. And you know that is from being on radio. So thank you. I think that would also be a good practice to do when you're like having a panic attack or something. You know? You're freaking out and you're like, I have one, can I have two? I have two, can I have three? <laughs> I never considered that, but that's, I'm a, yeah. yeah, that's good. <laughs> Happy to be of service. Well, Steve Little, thank you so much for talking with me and for the advice. You're welcome. Good luck. Stay tuned to the end of the show to hear how I did with Steve's advice. I've already used it for a couple of panic attacks. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Oh, and the $28 million Steve raised for that ticket to space? It'll be donated to Club for the Future, Jeff Bezos' foundation, which will, quote, inspire future generations to pursue careers in STEM and help invent the future of life in space. When we get back. When I get up on stage, the first thing I do is try to engage someone in the crowd. Every single person becomes a different role of this play. Hear how auctioneering is a lot like theater from one of the most successful charity auctioneers in the business. Plus, you can beg too long. The audience get restless. When you're the people, stop bidding, sell it. Move on to the next item. Auctioneering and life advice from America's oldest auctioneer. I'm Kyone Wolf. This is audacious. Stay with me. This is audacious. I'm Kyone Wolf. Today, the skill and wisdom of auctioneers. You just met the guy who auctioned off a ticket to space in Jeff Bezos' rocket ship for. $28 million, and later you're going to meet the country's oldest auctioneer. Plus, you'll hear how I did when I recently tried auctioneering for the first time. But right now, I want you to meet Lydia Finette of New York, New York. She's an auctioneer and the International Director of Strategic Partnerships at Christie's Auction House. She's also the author of The Most Powerful Woman in the Room is You. 
And if you see her in action, you'll know exactly why she can be the authority behind a title like that. Now, when you think of auctions, you might picture a fast-talking auctioneer excitedly raising the price of a prize-winning heifer or a, an 18th-century Danish birthing chair. But Lydia's domination in the auction world is in the charity realm. I asked her how that's different from how most people think about an auction. I think that it's completely different than an auction that somebody would think about. You know, if you've seen an auction portrayed in movies, everyone's seated quietly in a room. And, you know, if you think about Sex in the City, where Samantha's bidding discreetly with her paddle at Christie's, actually, uh, it's really funny to watch because, you know, nobody makes a move. Everyone's always scared of raising their hand. And so like scratching their chin. Yeah, exactly. Or like pulling their ear. And it's so funny because in in a charity auction, art auctions are a little bit like that. You know, they're is an order to it. You know, if someone's bidding, you kind of know who's in the room and what that might look like. When you get on stage at a charity auction, you are at a big dinner of usually somewhere between 200 and a thousand people crammed into a ballroom somewhere in the world. They have no idea that there's an auction taking place nine times out of 10. And so you're sort of thrown on stage halfway through and many people have had cocktails and you have to figure out what it is about the way that you're selling the lot or the way that you come on stage that is going to grab their attention and hold it. Because as we know, cocktails can make people a little bit loud and boisterous. And those things can be great because you can channel that energy, but they can also be very scary when you first start out and people are talking over you. How much of your personality is a really important factor in what you're doing up there? Because obviously you can't get up there and and just sort of be a wet leaf that's drooping all over the place. And you can't have low energy, I imagine. But like, how much are you bringing the best of you onto this platform to get this job done? I think it is 100% personality driven. I truly do. What I realized over, you know, over 17 years of taking charity auctions, I've taken thousands of charity auctions is that if you put someone on stage and you are in a box and they are only doing their thing and they are not engaging with the audience, then you will get exactly that back from the audience. Instead, what you need to do is break down that wall. The audience is part of the show. And so when I get up on stage, the first thing I do is try to engage someone in the crowd. And then I engage their table. And then it's every single person becomes a different role of this play. You know, it's 30 minutes. There's a man in red. There's a woman in blue. You know, everybody has their own moniker, their celebrity doppelganger. And that's what I've found keeps a crowd. Because it is difficult to stand on stage for half an hour and talk, but it's not when the crowd is part of the show. I got to ask, will you tell the story about sharing a stage with Bruce? I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't have to say his last name. <laughs> the boss, I think is yeah. how people would know him. Yes, I've, I've actually shared the stage with the boss a number of times because I've taken this auction that he supports every year. It's an auction called Stand Up for Heroes. It takes place during the New York Comedy Festival. And, you know, he's such a huge supporter of wounded veterans coming home and supporting them. And so this supports the Bob Woodruff Foundation. So the, the course of the evening is really Bruce Springsteen playing, but there are four comics, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, John Stewart, you know, A-list comics who get up on stage at Madison Square Garden. And then they kind of toss me on stage to do a paddle race between the comics and Bruce, which of course leads to the best joke ever, which is always, I'm the only thing standing in, way, in the way of Bruce Springsteen right now. And I, and there is only way you're, there is only one way you're getting him out here. And that comes from putting your hand up. And so then after he plays a couple of songs, I get back on stage and auction off his guitar. 
And it's this amazing moment where I stand next to him and he's playing his guitar and it's, you know, it always sells for so much, but the best part is that he keeps throwing out additional things while I'm sort of up there. So it starts off with, I'm selling his guitar. We are at you know, 5,000, 10,000, and all of a sudden we're at $250,000 and it's crazy amounts of money. He has such fans. And then we stop at 250 and he leans over and says, this guitar, a one hour guitar lesson, and a lasagna dinner at my house. And all of a sudden, here we go again. It's bidding and bidding and bidding. And then I ride around the block wait, wait, wait. in my sidecar of my motorcycle. Finally, we get to the, the highest. I think we were at 350,000. And he leaned over and said, I would just say, I will give front row tickets to my show. You can come backstage, but you will have to bring your own drugs because the band doesn't share. <laughs> and I, you know, I am not, uh, I was such a prude and it made me laugh so hard. And I said, well, this is exactly how we sell things at Christie's. So we sold it for $370,000. And then at the last minute, he leaned over and said, double it meaning let's sell it twice. So we sold it twice, the whole opportunity, another guitar, his mom's lasagna, et cetera, et cetera. And we sold it for 370,000 twice for the Bob Winter Foundation. And that was just a moment, if you can imagine. How did you, how did you come for, <laughs> how did you sleep that night? What did you do afterwards? Did you, how do you come? Are you still on the cloud from that? However many years ago it was? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I have a routine after that one because it really is such an amazing auction. I mean, being on stage at Madison Square Garden in front of 6,000 people is its own, its own moment. But I always go afterwards with my brother and sister who live in the city and one of my best friends. We used to go to the Spotted Pig and grab a burger because it's really, you know, it's still open at midnight. And so we would go there and have a, a hamburger and kind of celebrate the evening. But, you know, I'm a mom of three. So the next morning I get up and I go to school with my kids and it's hilarious in New York, how many people go to these events. And then the next day I see them at drop off in the morning. And so, you know, I'm dropping off my kids and someone said, I saw you last night on stage with Bruce Springsteen. Um, and it's just, it's such a wild, it's such a wild ride. It's so fun. All right. Now let's talk about women in this world, in the auctioneering world in general. It doesn't seem like a lot of women do this kind of work. Why do you think that is? And what do you think it would take to attract more women to this field? I think in the beginning, when I first started taking auctions, that was absolutely the case. I mean, not only was I only really the only woman doing it, I was treated like the only woman doing it. You know, my table was always the kids table in the back. I had to have 15 conversations with every single organization to convince them that I had the skills to do what they needed to do. And I pushed through this my entire career. I mean, even as, even as recently as two years ago, this happened at an auction where it was in Germany. They were concerned I wasn't going to be able to hold the crowd. And finally, a very senior guy called and was like, I don't think you understand. She's taken a thousand auctions more than any of us. Like she can do it. And I, I said to my husband, the fact that we're even having this conversation right now is so crazy. But I will say what has been so amazing is I'd started to see a lot of women come as auctioneers to my class because I taught the class on auctioneering. And that felt great. You know, I would have classes that were 60% women when I was training them and they started going out and taking more and more. And then more women would come back in and say, oh, I saw Rachel do it. So I figured I could do it. And now Christie's where I still work has made a pledge this year that there's parity, there's gender parity for all of our auctions worldwide. So if there is a guy on the podium, there is a woman on the podium as well. And it's amazing. It's so wonderful to see we have these 
unbelievable female auctioneers all over the world taking auctions. And it's really wonderful to see it because as I've always said, it doesn't have to be bad or good. It's different. We do it differently. And that's great because difference is great. That's what makes the world interesting and dynamic. And I think women bring a certain kind of power to the stage that men can't. And I think men bring a certain kind of power that women can't. And both of those things work. So it's been great. And it's been really fun, especially in the past year to watch this all start start to unfold. So I am about to try my hand at auctioneering. It's not at Christie's. It's an estate auction house called Golden Gavel Auctions in East Windsor, Connecticut. And they're going to let me give it a shot. So what are some things I should be keeping in mind as I step up to the mic? I think the most important thing to remember is that nobody knows what is supposed to be happening except for you. So keep a smile on your face. Always remember that your face is what makes people know that something's going wrong. You could have literally screwed up the entire lot, but if you remain calm, everyone will assume you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Bring the energy you want from the room. We talked about this earlier too. Get up there and be big because this is a performance. Auctioneering is entertainment. So entertain them, have fun with it. And don't forget that charm is a wonderful thing in auctioneering. You know, thanking the bidder, remembering to always thank the underbidder who's taken it up that far. They're just as important as the bidder in many cases. Those are qualities and, and things that keep an auction room lively and fun. So that's what I would say. Those are my top three tips. The increments, everything like that. Those can get confusing. It may, it may not. But at the end of the day, no one's going to know if you look like you're having a good time up there. That's great advice. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Lydia Finette, thank you so much for talking with me and for that great advice. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been such a pleasure. If you added up all the years that the four guests on this show have been auctioneers, that still wouldn't add up anywhere close to the years Bertram Boyum has been alive. At 102, he is America's oldest auctioneer. I wanted to hear his reflections on the skills he's developed over his life in this field and get some advice before I go off and try it for myself. He joined me by phone from his home in Rushford, Minnesota, and we started off talking about the art of the chant. Well, you can understand many of the auctioneers today, they, they think a fast chant is good that you can't understand them. You don't know whether they want $105 or $205. Yeah, you can't understand it. But I had many compliments over the years that we can always understand you as an auctioneer. And that to me is a very, very important You'll never become a Hall of Fame auctioneer like I am if you're very, very difficult to understand. Would you say that it's important to have a sense of humor as an auctioneer, or is it all business? Like, what role does humor have in the role that you play? No, you you have to have a little humor with it. It's, it's a serious business, but you have to be serious, and yet at the same time, you you kick in a little uh, humor now and then. Can you give me an example of what it sounds like to do a really good chant? Sure. 
Let's have a, an, an old rocking chair, should we? Sounds great. Okay. Here, here we have a, an old rocking chair. It has a cane seat. There's no holes in the cane. Who give me two hundred dollars? Who give me two? Who me a hundred dollars? I got fifty dollars. Now it's seventy-five. I got fifty and one seventy-five. Seventy-five anybody seventy-five. Now a hundred dollars. I was seventy-five and one 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 anybody one. Now the quarter. I got a hundred dollars. Now the quarter. Quarter anybody quarter. Now the half. Now seventy-five. Now two two. Would you give me two? I got one seventy-five over here. Now two. Would you give me two two anybody two? One seventy-five. Now two. Now the quarter. I bid two hundred dollars and a one a quarter, quarter anybody a quarter, now two and a quarter, now the half. I bid two and a quarter, now the half, now seventy five. I got two and a half over here, seventy five. Where are you gonna find another chair like this? Take a look at that good chair. Only two seventy five. Thank you now, three hundred. Would you give me three, three hundred about three hundred dollars? Three hundred oh come on. Make it even money. And you'll always remember what you pay for. Three hundred dollars. <laughs> what you give me? Thank you. Three hundred dollars. Now the quarter. Three hundred dollars a quarter. Quarter. Anybody? Quarter. Quarter. Anybody? Anybody? All done. All done. At three hundred dollars on this nice chair. Three and a quarter. Three and a quarter. I sold the chair for three hundred dollars. Buyer number seven hundred and forty-six. Woohoo! <laughs> that was great. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Did you buy the chair? <laughs> I bought the chair. Oh, yeah, I bought it. That is my chair. I will go pick it up. <laughs> the auction business is a great way to dispose of merchandise. And it's one type of business that's based on the honesty of the people more than any other business. I assume you're married and have a household. And if you were going to have an auction, then put everything out on the lawn. And there are people walking around there before the auction looking at it that you sell it to the people, and then when they buy they buy uh, that box over there for some miscellaneous items, they if they set it aside, well, it's there when they come to pick it up. Oh, uh, once in a while we get somebody that's got long fingers and he'll pick up a box that doesn't belong to him. But at an auction, it's very rare because uh, we, of course, we keep our eyes open to try to watch for it too. What would you say is the hardest part? of being an auctioneer? The, the hardest part is to keep control of the audience. There's a lot to an auctioneer that the average people don't see. For example, when, when I start selling, I sell pretty fast. And I don't, you know, I get uh, over here on the, on the 20 now, 30, 30 now, 5, 5, anybody, 5, 35, 5, 5, sold at $30. Some auctioneers keep on begging, begging that they, they, they think they're going to get another 5 or $10. Well, you can beg too long. The audience get restless. When you're the people stop bidding, sell it. Move on to the next item. Well, after I am done interviewing you, I'm going to Golden Gavel Auctions in East Windsor here in Connecticut, and they're going to give me some lessons, and I'm going to do my best and auction off a few items. So... I would love to hear some wisdom from you. What sort of thing should I be keeping in mind in this, my very first auction? Oh, <laughs> I, wish, I, wish I, I wish I was there. <laughs> no, you, you just get up and then sell it, you know, like here's a chair. Uh, it's an old time chair and it's been well kept. It's in good shape. There's a uh, tan seat and there's this, it's chairs in good condition, well kept. 
You you have to explain each item like that to give them an idea of what you're selling. And make them feel confident that they should get it. That's right. And then you, then you, when you got a chair like this, we'll say the chair's worth two hundred dollars. You don't start asking for ten dollars. You got the chair. Well, here's the chair. Here uh, should be. Get, who will give me two hundred dollars? Who will give me two hundred? Who will give me one hundred and fifty? Who will give me a hundred dollars? Okay, thank you. hundred dollars. Like I say, you don't start. Uh, uh, asking for $10 on a $200 chair. you got to get their mind thinking on the high price, on the right price. And i got to be confident. That's right. If you're going to sell something, you just keep talking. <laughs> you stand up there, and if you've got a lot of small items, like uh, we're talking a household sale, you're selling the kitchen dishes, and, the, and who knows, you got somebody up there helping you. Somebody picks up items. You should have two people. One pick up an item and hold it and display it to the crowd, and then you sell it. And while he's doing that, well, then the other guy has got another piece. So you alternate between the two. You've got to keep moving. The crowd will get restless. Well, Bertram Boyum, the nation's oldest active auctioneer, thank you so much for talking with me, and thanks for the advice. You're welcome. After the break. 25, 25, 25, can I get 25? Am I going to keep talking until I get 25? Will I subject you to this until I get 25? You can stop me from talking and get back to Ralph who knows what he's doing. 25, can I get 25? I've got my golden gavel and I am gripping it like crazy. Your audio from my first time as an auctioneer. I'm Kyone Wolf. This is Audacious. Be right back. I'll send you off to auction school, then you'll be nobody's fool. You can take your place among the best. Thirty five on the bit and I'll afford it, I'll afford it, will they give me forty, make it forty bit of them all the forty dollars on we live forty This is audacious. I'm Kyone Wolf. Well, it's the moment y'all been waiting for in this episode about auctioneers. My visit to Golden Gavel Auctions in East Windsor, Connecticut. Ralph Lavazzo agreed to give me a few tips and let me sell a few things myself. He's been an auctioneer and appraiser for over 20 years. And one sunny July afternoon, he welcomed me to the auction house. Hello. Hi. Are you Ralph? Yeah. I'm Kyone. Kyone. I wasn't sure how to pronounce your name. It's such an interesting name. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Cool. So this is Golden Gavel Auctions. So... Basically, this is our early bird auction. Here. Right. So, like, we just reopened last Thursday. Before that, we were doing online work. So, so now, you know, we're finally back in action. Congratulations. So, yeah, so what I thought was I could teach you some basics of auctioneering, right? And then maybe you could sell a couple of the lots out here if, if you'd like. I'd love to. If you'd like, yeah, it's fun. It's How a, hard it's a fun business. could it be, which it is, is a, I'm sure, an understatement. No, it isn't. It isn't. We'll get there. I have, okay. I have a lot of questions about what goes on in your brain yeah, when so, you do this stuff. Yeah, no, I, I'll share whatever you want. So one of the things I teach you in auctioneering school is body language and gestures. So when you're an auctioneer, your hand gestures are very important. Of course, your eye contact, right? But the other thing is hand gestures. So you're asking for people to spend money. So you should always have open palm. Never go like that, because what does that mean? Like stop. putting your palm out. Stop. Oh. That means stop. So like as auctioneer, you go like this, they're going to stop bidding. You may not know that, but you know, it's just human nature. You go like this, it's just, whoa, whoa, back off. So it's always open palm. So From that's the bottom. Thing. Yeah, because you're asking for them to spend money. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, increments, you want to go about 10% of bid. 
So you always want to be at like 10% of your bid price. So if I'm doing $100, if I'm at 100, that'd be 100, 110, 120, 130, 140. If I'm at 1,000, 1,100, 1,200, 1,300, 1,400, 1,400. And then when you learn your chant, when you start school, your first day is, they'll say you have a dollar amount, filler, and a dollar amount. Dollar amount has to be clear to the ears. Filler is your own, could be gibberish. Dollar amount, again, has to be clear. So when they start, right, they'll say, okay, $1 bid, bid two, would you give me two? $2 bid, bid three, would you give me three? $3 bid, bid, and you just gotta practice, 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 and then practice your numbers, practice inflection in the voice. Does a changing inflection help sort of psychologically make it more exciting? It, it does. I, I try to. Like a, and also uh, tongue twisters. They teach a tongue twister. Ready for some? Ready. You know Betty Botter? <laughs> Betty Botter? Okay. Betty Botter. Betty Botter bought some butter, but she said this butter is bitter. If I put it in my batter, it will make my batter bitter. So she bought a bit of better butter, put it in her bitter batter, made her bitter batter better. So it is better. Betty Botter bought a bit of better butter. So it's all that to teach you inflection. And control. And then, yeah. With that, yeah. And so then they'll say... Go in 10. So 10, 10, 20, 20, 20, 20, 30, 30, 40, 40, 50, 50, 50, 50, 60, 60, 60, 60, 70, 70, 80, 80, 90, 90, 90, 90, 80, 80. And they just keep on going back and forth. So all that by the end of the day is just like, whew. And then you get home and they say, sell everything in your house, sell everything in your apartment. You're driving on the highway, sell cars that are passing you or you're passing. So practice, it's constant practice. Like, Practice makes perfect. It, it couldn't be truer in the auction business. I know that everybody can learn, just like anything, but like, is there a kind of person that's really good at this? To, to me, it's just like, you know, you have to have interest in object and interest in people. If you have that combination, then I think you do well in this industry. One without the other, I think you're gonna flounder a little bit because interest in the person, then you get to know, oh yeah, hey, good man. <laughs> interest in the person you get to know their background you buying and selling you know you, you collectors like sometimes i'm at the podium and be like why isn't jim bidding on that toy lot i i know he loves those 60s models I'd be like jim and you just oh i didn't know it was coming up you know so, so well you sometimes in that kind of situation would you be like jim but you know like in the middle of the bidding jim where are you do i have ten dollars jim jim you gonna give me 20 jim yeah. quick story right I met my fiance at auction, right? So she was with her mom, and during preview, we just started chit-chatting. And she's just like, oh, when I was a little girl, I had this Tiffany Taylor doll, and it's in this box lot. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool, Jen. You know, I, I hope you get it tonight. And that was it. So I'm at the podium, and the Tiffany Taylor doll comes up, and she's yakking with her mom, like she's not paying attention. And I'm just like, Jen, Jen, I'm like I'm at the podium, like trying within the chant. I was like, she's not listening. So I ended up buying it. And after the auction, I was really cool. I'm just like, hey, Jen, did you, did you get your doll? She's just like, it never came up. I go, no, I, I sold it. It came up. I go, you know, bear with me a little bit. Don't, don't leave yet. So I presented it to her. She's just a doll from her childhood. It had different colored hair, you know, you kind of twist it. I think that sealed the deal for me. So yeah, that's, it helped. A that's a hell of a way to do that. <laughs> Have you ever had an object sell at a price that really surprised you? One of the, the, the highest dollar thing that we had here, right? It was a Hamden estate. This was 20 years ago. This was like, I was a newbie. Pat and I got called to a house in Hamden, Connecticut. The father had died, two sons was left everything. Beautiful, beautiful things. And this was when the market was still strong. It's changed quite a bit. And the son says, you guys, you could have everything in the house, sell to the highest bidder. Dad's really fond, he was fond of this Buddha. It was a carved wooden Buddha. 
It was missing its hands and it was missing its headdress. And the interesting thing about that was his body cavity was hollowed out. I'm just like, I don't know, I don't know Asian antiques. I, I, I'll tell you what I know, I'll tell you what I, I don't, but I know how to use a camera and I could take pictures of it. We could put it on the website. And so they're just like, you know what? Dad always saw it was 5,000. Could we have a reserve, a minimum of $5,000? Okay, yeah, everything else is going to the highest bid, cool. We drew it up with a reserve of 5,000. As soon as it gets posted, a guy from Manhattan is just like, oh, I'd like to do a private viewing of the Buddha. I was like, all right, dude, you're going to lose a day of your life to drive from Manhattan to East Windsor and back home again. Sure, you know, pick a day. So he's, I have the Buddha set up in my office. He's like, all, he's like all excited about it. I'm looking at him. He's looking at the Buddha. He's just like, what's it going to take to own it? I said, I can't sell it outright. Has to go to bid. Would you, would you open it for 7,500? So he's just like, yeah, get me on the phone for 7,500. So after he leaves, I call the sons of us like, you guys, I don't know what it's going to sell for, but we have a firm bid of 7,500. So it's going to, it's going to find a new home. It's more than 5,000. Happy. Week of the seal, he's just like, I still am going to commit to the bid, but I'm going to be present. So you don't have to call me. I'll be at the hall. So Pat was auctioneering. I actually was the runner for the Buddha. 7,500, 10,000, 12, 50, 15. It ends up going for $75 thousand dollars and after the auction he bought it and I, I go up to him and go you know i'm ignorant to this thing w what did you buy you own it doesn't what change it? anything right yeah so it was like an eighth century temple buddha anything that was deemed important would have been stored in the body cavity and he says the value of it if it retained its hands and its headdress there'd be blood on the ground for this thing in terms of value so that was the most dramatic thing you know in terms of value or just like you know roll the dice hope that it's worth five thousand no it was worth so many times that now in terms of the business side of this how does the money break down so we take a commission on the sale of goods and it's a inverted scale so the more valuable the thing the smaller a commission we take huh. so it goes from a high of say 50 percent for the more mundane things box lot material to 20%, which would be things $1,000 or more. So it works, you know, yeah. just, I try to be really fair with pricing and everything so that the family's taken care of, the company's taken care of, and it's all good. Is there ever a time where you're in an environment that's not an auction house or an auction at all, and you find yourself using the skills that you've developed as an auctioneer? A good question. I, I, I guess it happens without like thinking about, like maybe if I'm in line for a coffee or something, I'll, I'll start, you know, thinking about it. Like, like you know, if, gosh, this person can't decide what to order. Like maybe if I, you know, offer it at different prices, <laughs> it might be more entertaining for them. Maybe I don't you know. could be like, you'd like a mente soy latte. Do you want a soy latte with whole milk? Do you want a soy, soy latte with skim? I'm not sure how lattes work or soy. <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, you'd be perfect. Okay, good. Right. We'll see. We'll yeah, see about that. Yeah, no, I, I trust that you're going to do just fine. All right. Thanks. Whew. All right. So... It's starting to get busier in here. Yeah, Excitement yeah. levels rising. Oh yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. So I'm just gonna like trail you okay. and learn some things, and then. But at some point, I'd like you to sell something. I'm if you're down. cool with it. Okay. I, I am. Right. I'm gonna take some right. mental notes, okay. and then I'll hop, I'll hop in at your test. All right, welcome everybody. All right, welcome everybody. Welcome back. Beautiful crowd. Good to see everyone. We're gonna get back to selling outside. Early bird auction terms and conditions real quick. There's an 18% buyer's premium discount by 3% cash good check. Most major credit cards accept in tonight's auction. There are a number of apps to bids. Pat and I'll be executing apps for the podium. Underbidder win bid is all to see who he or she's bidding against. We're going to be starting out here, folks, with um, 
We got SJ. Uh, SJ, you got the whole row of originals. All right, SJ, you, you can start teaching. Yeah, Who's starting yeah. me? $50. Whole row, you got. Whole row. 50 out of 50 out of 50 out of 40 out of 40 out of school desk. 40 out of 40 to 30. 30 out of 30 to 20. What's your pleasure? 20 out of 20. 10. 10, 10, 10, 10, 15, yep, yep. 10, 15, 20 now, 20 little, 20 little, 5 now, 25 little, 25, 25 little, 20, start your school, 25 little, 25, 20 to bid, 25, 20 bid, 25, oh, we've done it, 20 to bid, 25, sold for 20, buyer, number six, number six takes, buyer number six, all right, we're going to, we're going to switch off for our guest auctioneer, okay, you've never done it before, so be nice, <laughs> hey everybody, my name is Kyone Wolf, I'm with Connecticut Public Radio, I have no idea what I'm doing. That's okay. But I did get a little bit of a crash course beforehand. I know that silence is not good uh, when you're an auctioneer. You never want to stop talking. And it's a good thing I'm on the radio because I never stop talking until I'm on the radio. So that's all I got. Um, please got be, be gentle. Okay, so what are we doing? A bench scroll saw. This is a 16-inch bench scroll saw. It's made by Tradesman. It's got a red color and it's got black. And the box looks a little rugged. But aren't we all a little rugged inside? Uh, we're going to start the bidding at... Twenty dollars. I want. Do I have? Do I have twenty? Twenty dollars. It's a whole thing. You cut. Yep, That's yep. twenty dollars. I see to it. Can I get twenty-two? Twenty. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. 25. I see twenty-five. Twenty-five dollars for this piece of art. It's a piece of work that's going to make another piece of work for you. It's a piece of art, and we got twenty dollars, which is very generous. But maybe twenty-five. Twenty-five to get twenty-five. Can I get twenty-two? Twenty-two dollars. Twenty-two dollars. Oh, we got twenty-two dollars yep. over here. What good no, taste 25. do you have? The twenty-five dollars. Do I hear? 20, now we got 25 coming, right? 25 is on its way. 25, 25 is a nice round number. We love 25. 25 is a quarter of 100. It's not $100 for this thing. It's just $25. You gotta see 25. We're gonna have to do 22, 20, 25, 25. 25, can I get 25? Am I gonna keep talking until I get 25? Well, I subject you to this until I get 25 and you can get, stop me from talking and get back to Ralph who knows what he's doing. 25, can I get 25? Are we gonna final this at 22? Got, I think you got 22. We got 22! Sold! Sold! 38, 38's your buyer. 38's my buyer, thank you very much. Thank you. You got another piece. Oh God, dear God, I'm so sorry. Oh, lucky you, if you wanna clean up the ruins of your life, you can have Shark Navigator. Vacuum, don't we all just wanna vacuum up all of our troubles? This is gonna start at, what do you think? It should start at $50. is a bargain for this. It says professional on the box. If you ever wanted to be a professional in your life, congratulations, you can be a professional with $50. Do I have $50? $50, anyway, we got 50. $30, $30, yeah, we have 30, we're gonna go to 35, $35 right here, thank you. I'm gesturing outside, we have 40, 40, it's the next going up, and then we're gonna do 45, and you know what, I hear 50 right behind me, $50 makes you a professional, isn't that something else you can go to see? We have 50, we're gonna go for 55, we have 55 over here, thank you very much, do I see her 60? 60 right behind me, do we have 65? $65 is a nice number, you feel good about that, it's a shark. $65 for a shark, 65, thank you, we have 65, do I have 70. We have 70. We have 70. 70. Let's go 75. 75 is three quarters of a hundred. I graduated high school, but just barely. $75. Do I hear $75 for a shark? It's a shark, and you don't even have to feed it, except with the crap on your floor. $75. Do you like $75? I love $75. 75. Do we go 75? I love 75. I'm going to say 75 over and over again. I think that's it. So we have $70 sold to 400. You ready for one more? Oh, God. Shark week. Oh, I missed opportunity. I tried to tell you. pretty good at this. All right. You got a hot commodity, it's a coffee pot. Oh, good. Bring coffee. That's what we need more of right now is coffee. Coffee. I sure could use some coffee. Maybe you could make me some coffee after this. So we have the Psycho <laughs> Renaissance <laughs> Collection, Coffee Maker. We're going to start this at 
ten dollars? Are you kidding me? A ten over yeah. here. Thank you. We have ten. Do we have fifteen? We gotta have fifteen for this. It's a brand new coffee maker. And if you could do fifteen dollars on this, you could do fifteen dollars on a bag of coffee. You would spend fifteen dollars on a bag of coffee, let alone a coffee maker. So do I hear fifteen dollars on a coffee maker? A coffee yeah. we have. Yes, we have good taste in coffee makers. Do I hear twenty? Twenty yeah. is even. We got twenty. We got twenty in the green. Thank you so much. Do I hear twenty-five? That nice quarter of a hundred. Twenty-five dollars over here. Twenty-five. Do I hear thirty? We've got thirty dollars for this brand new coffee maker. Thirty dollars. Are you kidding 30. me? This thirty dollars. Thank you very much. Thirty-five dollars. Thirty-five. 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 Thirty-five dollars is like two gourmet yeah, bags. Yeah. We have thirty-five. We have forty. Forties even. Forties. Two twenty-dollar bills. You have two twenty-dollar. But I know there's taxes and stuff. I learned about that today. Forty dollars for this brand new coffee maker. I'm gonna have to have a cup of coffee. Yeah. Forty dollars. Uh, we got forty. Great tip. Forty-five. Forty. Forty-five. Forty-five dollars is on the table. Forty-five dollars. Forty-five dollars. You could you can think about all the coffee you could drink. Forty-five dollars. It's forty-five dollar machine. Forty-five dollars for this coffee maker. Do I hear forty-five dollars? Forty-five. 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 And gibberish. Gibberish. And we're good at forty. So to number eighty-seven. Awesome. Thank you, awesome. thank you. Back to Ralph. Back to the professionals. No more coffee thank you. for you. Jeez, that's <laughs> exhilarating. Thank awesome. you. <laughs> well, that was a total rush. Big thanks to Ralph Labazo and the whole family at Golden Gavel Auctions in East Windsor. You can check out their auctions every Thursday, starting at 5:30. Find out more at goldengavel.com. And if you want to see a video of my efforts behind the mic there and photos from my visit, go to ctpublic.org audacious. This show is produced by me, Jessica Severin DiMartinez, Kelly Langevin, Missy Carvalho, and Katie Talarski at Connecticut Public Radio in Hartford. Subscribe and you'll always get to hear the show a day early. Plus, you can listen back to shows featuring things like what I was mad about at the end of my first experience at a nudist resort, and what happens when you call the number on the bottom of those I Love You Jesus billboards? You can hear that and then some at ctpublic.org audacious or wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks for leaving that positive appraisal. See what I did there on the show? Like this one from Jets fan. So extremely engaging. I absolutely love this podcast. I have so many podcasts to choose from, but this is the one I'm always drawn to. Kion asks the most thoughtful questions in the most sensitive ways. And the topic she chooses to highlight always illuminates a subject I've not understood before. Thank you, Jets fan. My ego appreciates it, too. Leave an audacious review of your own on Apple Podcasts, and I just might read it on the show. Send me your reactions and show ideas on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Kion Wolf, And my email is cwolf at ctpublic.org. And online, use the hashtag audaciouspublic. Thanks for listening. That's the life of the auctioneer.